This episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast is sponsored by SC Graphics. This company is incredible. They focus on creating, collaborating, and growing with each and every project, including the actual Sensibly Cynical logo. My boy at Seth CGC helps artists, creators, streamers, brands, and businesses with logos, visuals, print production, and special projects. He also provides free 30-minute consultations. Make sure you check out his website, sccraphics.co. Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name is Sean, and today I am set to be joined by the great Synthador. He is a musical luchador. He plays the mod synth. Please check him out, synthador.com. And here is my interview with Synthador. Enjoy. Synthador, what's up, man? Woohoo, great to be here. <laughs> I have been the glorious bastard on, uh, and he's from the New York, you know, New York scene. You're not in New York, right? Where are you located? I'm just outside Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in Richmond. Yeah, I just uh, I got your message. Yeah, so you're, you're working with, uh, you're going to um, get a collab with Ari Vox? Yeah, in fact, we've already been working on that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I connected with you and decided to do my homework and <laughs> listen to her episode. And that was a great interview. And She's, uh, she's, uh, she's something. <laughs> she's, she's great. I love Ari. She's awesome. Yeah, so I... Uh, I, I wrote to her and said, I heard you on the podcast, uh, that was great, and she said, do you want to do uh, a collab? And she said, I'll send you some stems, so take yeah. uh, some background vocals, make something completely well, Yeah, fun. she's jazz, synth pop, yeah, she's into all that. That makes sense. So, I really appreciate you doing this, this has been in the works for a while, so I appreciate your time today. We're talking briefly about wrestling, I mean, obviously, everyone knows Lucha Libre, you know, Rey Mysterio... Um, Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace. Where in wrestling lore does your does your like interest? Were you like eighties? Were you like the nineties stuff? Oh yeah, the first superstar that uh, really caught my eye was Junkyard Dog when he was feuding with Greg the Hammer Valentine. I went to the Anaheim Convention Center and I saw a bill that included a Royal Rumble. Actually, Bobby the Brain had to put on a singlet and get in the ring, maybe because somebody didn't show up. I don't know. Uh, Andre the Giant was there, and Nikolai Volkov, and you haven't lived in the 80s until you've been with uh, 20,000 of your closest friends chanting, Russia sucks. (laughs) Quite the memory. Um, And uh, kept up with it for uh, decades after that. Uh, Attended um, one of the the WrestleManias at Anaheim uh, when um, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels wrestled for an hour. Uh, Oh, okay. Iron Man matches. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I was there for that. Um, Yeah, uh, good times, good times. Do you actually Uh, wrestle yourself? I have wrestled. I had uh, I I'm one for one. Oh, so you do a so you're in a local. So you go a local independent. EWA Maryland and Baltimore, and had a match against TJ Sykes, the Red Prince. What an incredible wrestler! He's super good. He goes around the nation. How did you come up with the Synthador? What was the idea behind the character? Well, I was um, starting to uh, 
really get deep into my synthesizer music hobby and starting to get good and thought maybe uh, I would be able to play for other people, but I wanted to keep a separation between work and family and a uh, rock star. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to cover my face in some way. And how could I do that? Uh, superhero? No, that's dumb. Um, yeah, the Lone Ranger? No, that yeah, that won't work. Masked Wrestler? Okay, now we're talking. So I started thinking of a name. Uh, Luchador, Matador. So what do I do? I do synthesizers, Synthador. So you immediately jump on GoDaddy, and it was available. What is it about the actual modular synth? I guess is it an industry? Is it a hobby? Explain what you think, like what your vision is about the synthesizer itself. Like what's your thoughts on it? Technology has made uh, bedroom producing and uh, uh, making music at home more accessible than ever. Back in the 70s uh, or 70s or 80s, there was a classic magazine advertisement from Moog Music that said, if you can own, if you can afford a truck, you can afford a synthesizer. <laughs> Back in those days, uh, any sort of electronic music was a five-figure proposition. Nowadays, though, you can go to your local guitar center and you can get a Korg Volca Beats. Guitar band, you know, those, those games and stuff, you know? Yeah, and uh, it's so much fun. It's the perfect mix of creativity and technology. Do you find younger people getting into the community, or is it an order, or what's the, like, people from all walks of life get into it? All of the above, and that's what's so great is the different perspectives. Definitely. A lot of uh, young DJ producers get in, and they go really deep in uh, genres like trap and dubstep and produce some incredible stuff and mix in with yep. uh, DJ set of other people's music. And then old fogies like me, uh, we try to capture the awesomeness right. of Pink Floyd, Keith Emerson, Tangerine Dream. We're trying to, to go back. So what what is it about that genre that intrigued you specifically? Like, was there something that was like, all right, this is kind of cool. I like doing this over and over and over and over again. My biggest influence is the soundtrack to classic horror movies. Obviously, John Carpenter is the, the bit best example. Um, those synthy soundtracks um, as, you know, the, the, the killer is approaching and you hear a synthesizer, bam, bam. It's uh, always been an inspiration to me. And when I found that I could... Uh, start gathering those tools, uh, analog is best, you know, um, and start making those sounds and going in my own direction. It was very inspiring to me, and that's what I uh, like to do. Hmm. So let's go back to the, let's go back to the wrestling. When did you first train, or did you train? <laughs> um, well, uh, one form of training is uh, watching, um, wa- uh, you know, a lifetime of uh, watching and imagining yourself doing it. When I decided to actually get in the ring, I started out uh, searching YouTube for basics of wrestling. Really found a lot of great, uh, great videos: how to um, come off the ropes, how to um, do an arm track takedown, set up for a body slam. All those things were right there, so I had it all in my head. And did you research local schools? Yes, um, and it was uh, you know during. Earlier this year, 2021, so we were kind of coming out of the pandemic, uh, getting um, vaccinated was a milestone, so I was able to finally say, hey, you know, I can uh, grapple and breathe in your face, and I'm Hmm. vaccinated, so that's okay now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, So uh, that worked out, and that was a hell of a a night and a hell of an experience. Yeah, so do you see yourself doing that just like like a one-off match every once in a while? Yeah, every once in a while. When the money's right, right, Synthador? When the money's right. <laughs> they say professional wrestling, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's your... 
I know we briefly talked about like some influences, but who do you think is the greatest wrestler of all time? Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, so so many different criteria, but as far as legacy and presence, I gotta gotta go with Andre the Giant. He was such a great guy, uh, such a great presence in the ring, the locker room, in life. And, and it always brings tears to my eyes when I hear the story that he always had a VHS tape of the Princess Bride in his pocket at all times, even when he was sitting on the airplane chugging 99 beers and not even drunk. Like, you know, when I was really when I was really into wrestling, I remember him, you know, and he would do those chops, you know. So did you have you taken any um, chops to the chest yet, Synthador? Oh, uh, yeah, plenty. And <laughs> there, there's, there's a sting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a sting and uh, a thunderous clap hold on so what do you have more fun doing do you have more fun you have more fun taking a body slam or giving a body slam or on descent just hanging out yeah taking a body slam um it's uh it's quite an experience uh, you usually usually get up from one of those <laughs> well the synthesizer uh, that can get you drained huh <laughs> Very close by outside the ring, there just might be a synthesizer. See, I can do my own entrance music. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And then if anything happens to the ref, <laughs> uh, I just might uh, borrow that synthesizer as an international object and maybe help get a leg up. So do you got any fun stories either on the road before COVID or recently? Anything fun you can share? Sure. So I was um, planning a trip to El Paso, Texas, and... I reached out to some contacts, and while I didn't get into the ring, I was able to um, do a concert at a great local art gallery, played a great set, and and that was really super. Um, Had a great time down there, and then was able to come back, do another outdoor set here in D.C. at the first ever modular on the mall, so I can say I played on the National Mall. That's awesome. And uh, do all of the above in the mask. Never take off the mask. Anyone asks, uh, the answer is you can take it off me in the ring. Yeah, I remember Ray Mysterio used to have those mask versus mask matches, <laughs> you know, yes. Where, or or uh, mask on the pole, or you know. <laughs> and I have to say, the uh, the mask itself was designed by an El Paso, Texas artist, uh, Mizael Arbidaris, who's really awesome. So mm-hmm. this is custom, um, just me. I'm the only one. Where, where are you from? Are you from Virginia originally? Southern California, joined the Army, took me to El Paso, Texas, uh, and then to the D.C. area, and then got out of the Army. Oh, well, thank you for your service. I know Virginia is a big military state, as is majority of the states, but I know Virginia and D.C., it's big military. Yes, um, proud to have served, happy to be out. Um, a little aggravated lately about the uh, developments in Afghanistan, having served there a year, but, uh, you know... That's uh, that's life. That's history, and uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that situation. You had a song with Chuck W. When did you meet him, and when how did you how did you guys meet? You know, um, at the time, uh, he and I were doing a lot of Instagram lives, uh, just uh, you know, the camera on the synth, and just uh, playing for a half hour or so. And I would tune in occasionally. We started chatting, and then uh, we kind of hit it off. And we've done one. Uh, collaboration track that came out on his uh, July 9th release, uh, Anxiety Rock. It's a great album. Check it out on Spotify. Um, my track is called Driving. And we started a little Discord group of like-minded synthesizer enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, building those relationships within the synthesizer and modular synth community is just it's as much fun as playing out. Or It's relatively niche, right? Yeah, niche, but 
uh, growing fast. The pandemic had a really interesting effect. Uh, streaming live performances became really the only outlet. Insta lives, Instagram live. Um, you can go on Twitter, right in their Periscope. You can do, yeah. you know, you can do a bunch of stuff. A lot of Twitch and then some some uh, good online promoters like Palacio Palace, uh, Nick's International Virtual Garage. They would um, bring together, you know, every week uh, a group of performers, which would expose us to a whole new audience and even a global audience that if we uh, before were doing regional live shows, we would never have that uh, connection. So um, even some some friends through those sort of performances, being on a bill together, you know, having a group chat the week before mm-hmm. has, has really been so, great. And now uh, I think we have the best of both worlds where those sort of streaming online performances continue, but we are coming back to, uh, to real venues and doing right. live shows for people. For people that have no idea what a modular synth is, how hard, tell the people, how hard is it to play one of those? You learn it, you learn it fast. Um, every imagine a big keyboard synthesizer with a lot of knobs and they all do things that you learn in a modular synthesizer you can buy each one of those functions or build yourself uh, with DIY kits and put together the exact configuration that you want Mm -hmm. but even more than that you can get very very creative and put together very new and unique combinations to do things that no one's ever heard before and a lot of the uh, soundtracks that you hear on things like Stranger Things or uh, the great movie um, It Follows Mm. are sounds that come out of a modular synthesizer. It makes it easy to make those kind of ambient, creative, new sounds that no one's ever heard before. Um, Listen to Trent Reznor, a lot of uh, Nine Inch Nails, the result of uh, giant modular setups. Um, And, you know, every time you hear something that is completely new and different, there's probably a modular synth involved. Do you follow the EDM scene? Yeah, um, genres are so interesting. One uh, genre that's probably more aligned is uh, IDM. What's IDM? Uh, I don't really like the name because it's uh, intelligent dance music. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. All I know is, you know, electronic dance music, which everyone knows. Yeah. And then uh, breaking it down. Dubstep, uh, you know, techno. I love all that stuff. Within EDM, I would say techno is my favorite alongside with Acid House. Um, Thanks to Synthador for that Acid House remix. Are you? Do you listen to like the mainstream stuff, like Marshmallow and uh, San Holo? Uh, yeah, I can enjoy that stuff. Um, I like to go back uh, to kind of the roots with just a, a Roland 909 and a 303, making that you know very squelchy kind of old school acid house. What's your thoughts on like on the DJ lifestyle? Do you do you think they get enough credits for what they do? Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, on one hand, uh, the art of putting together a DJ set is very very deep, and it's not something that just anyone can do no matter what that episode of portlandia <laughs> said where you know it's it's like rise of the, uh, it's like night of the living dead where everybody's coming out saying hey come to my thing tomorrow it's a dj thing <laughs> yeah, okay. but but no when it when it's uh, done well it you know in a party setting or a club setting it's the most important thing and it keeps everything going um 
And that doesn't happen by accident, not only picking the sounds, picking the tracks, but elevating it to the next level with uh, original or live produced material uh, in real time is uh, just something that is uh, fun to do and transcendent if uh, accomplished well. Mm -hmm. what, what is it about dubstep and EDM in general that you think draws people to it? Creative use of new sounds, um, the signature sound of dubstep, you know, wah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> It is a, usually a wavetable synthesizer where different sound waves are available and the sound you hear sweeps among them. And when you uh, pitch it way down and uh, turn the, the volume up, give it a little bit of distortion, then you get that huge wall of sound uh, that goes great with the beat. And when that you know flooded the, the marketplace, nobody had ever heard a sound like that before. And it was... I, I think still is uh, a great form of electronic music. What do you see yourself doing in like in like uh, five years time? Well, my dream would be to do the score to an independent horror film. Uh, that was my original uh, strongest influence. And every time I watch a new film, a new horror film, I'm always listening deeply for that synthy soundtrack. That's the dream. Um, I still want to keep doing. Uh, fun tracks, uh, EP releases, album releases, playing out, uh, and just getting out there. Um, you know, the, the dreams in music change. No longer is it get signed to a label. I you know, don't want to do that. This is 2021. Um, I know, I was continue. talking to somebody else, and uh, uh, I think Natalie's Ruby. That's another good interview I did. Um, she she was telling me the same thing. It's just like labels are just, you know, nowadays they're kind of on their way out a little bit. Things like uh, doing your own promotion, uh, doing your own streaming shows, things like that. You know, nowadays, that's just what you do um, personally as, you know, the individual independent musician. Uh, putting a label in the middle um, complicates that. And it, it's very challenging on the label side to monetize uh, what's going on. You know, with streaming revenue, you've got to stream unimaginable numbers to get you know, an actual check. I, I don't know what the threshold is for Spotify to actually send you your check, but uh, something like $13. <laughs> yeah, it's some ridiculous pay cut. It's, it's um, kind of hard to get there. So uh, I, I do it for the joy of doing it and for being part of the community. And then you wrestle to get your real money, right, Sintador? <laughs> <laughs> I wrestle to win. <laughs> All right, man. Well, where can people find your stuff? Pretty easy. I am Sintador on all platforms. Uh, most active on Instagram. Uh, Bandcamp is great because that's where you can get uh, order my uh, two vital EPs uh, t-shirts. I have uh, some upcoming streaming performances. Uh, Nick's International Virtual Garage for one. And uh, keep an eye out for me there. Um, all of the above. And Sintador.com. Alright, Sintador, I really appreciate your time. Uh, likewise, this was a great conversation and you run a great show. There you go. The great Sintador. Everyone, check him out. His stuff is awesome. Please, also, check us out on Twitter at CynicalSensibly, Instagram, SensiblyCynicalPod, and you can check out our Facebook group. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We need, we need, we need reviews. Um, thanks again to everyone who's listening, following us on Instagram, all that. It seems to be the same people every week. And for that, I appreciate you. Coming up next on the podcast, I will be chatting with DJ Fever Boss out of New York City. Um, I chatted with him over Insta Live not too long ago. I will have that up hopefully next week. Until then, take care.